This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie with Warrior Watch. Uh, so happy to be here with you on this Wednesday. I'm excited about what Jesus is doing across America. I'm, so, I'm excited about what God's doing with his people, his church. He's raising up warriors. Uh, he's raising up women of prayer, men of prayer. He's raising up families uh, to really take the banner of Christ across America. And one of the things that's been heavy on my heart is... I really believe that the body of Christ needs to make a decision. We need to make a decision that Jesus is the Lord of our life. That it's not just a Sunday morning experience. It's not just a time where we walk and get, and we're so excited for people to get salvation and to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in, in, as far as giving their heart to the Lord. But that's just the beginning. So today I've got um, an amazing young woman that I love so much, uh, Heather Hitchcock, that's here. She's a part of our church. God, I've watched God do some spectacular things in her life. I mean, I've, uh, I watched her come into, come to know the Lord and then watched her progression. It's been amazing. And the difference I, I can truly say with Heather is I've watched her not only get saved, I watched her not only get filled with the Holy Spirit, but I've watched her allow Jesus to become the Lord of her life, to really just start obeying the Father uh, just making a decision for simple obedience every day. And that's really what serving God's all about. God is calling a generation to sell out to Christ, to sell out, sell out. When you make your mind to sell out to something, uh, that's when you become successful. If you decide you're going to you know, do anything in life, whether it's business or a great marriage or a great parent or, uh, 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 you know, you're going to do a maybe health and wellness um, goals, anything we make a decision to sell out to, that's when we become very successful in it because our mind is made up and your heart will follow what your mind is made up for. So we're going to talk about that today. And I really want to encourage our listeners to begin to ask Holy Spirit. I believe Holy Spirit is doing something new in the land. I, I There is a new wave of revival yes. that has hit America. There is a new wave of revival that has hit the churches. I believe that God is raising up men and women across this nation that are going to make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so honored to be on this network. I'm honored to be a part of BPN Radio. We're on, We're going to spend some time today also just praying with you and praying over you that God would increase your hunger. We're asking God to increase your hunger for prayer, to increase your hunger for intimacy with the Father. Um, Heather, tell me a little bit about um, what it was like for you when you first got saved and kind of what's your thought process and when you made that change to truly allow Jesus to become the Lord of your life. Talk to me about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I first got saved 
in 2009 and I came from a position of not knowing, you know, who the difference between Jesus or God was. Um, I grew up, I say grew up in a Catholic church, but really I didn't, I didn't know anything. We went maybe on Christmas and Easter if we got up on time. Right. Um, but when I got saved, you know, I came from a lifestyle of much darkness. I mean, I kind of joke, but I say I served the devil because I didn't know, you know, I struggled with every type of just crazy behavior. And so when I realized that Jesus died for me, it just brought me this huge sense of, of love that I never got from anyone, you know, in, in my life. Um, and just a sense of gratitude. And so I started walking differently, but you know, it was like what you talked about when you kind of were introducing this, you know, living on a sun, like as a Sunday Christian, you know, I mean, I started walking differently and, um, I'm, I loved more, but I was still so consumed with myself. You know, I think there's such a difference in, you know, just accepting Jesus into your heart. I mean, obviously there's a difference in making him Lord of your life. So it got me far. It got me some successes because I mean, let's be real. You know, if you have a little bit of Jesus, you're going to go a little bit further. Um, but there was still so much, uh, just, pride and arrogance and self-will and stuff like that, yeah. that, you know, I think it's normal. You don't realize it. Your intentions are to love and serve God, but until he truly is Lord of your life, you know, you're still serving yourself. Yeah. It's, it's that initial, I give my heart to Christ and you do, like you said, even if we, he, Jesus will take whatever we give him Absolutely. and he'll work with it. Totally. That's, that's the amazing part about the Lord. He, he knows we're like babies in Christ. So he's, he's going to take us through the process. Now he, he's not going to be happy if we don't move with him. He wants us to move with him. He wants us to move in our progression, but his desire is, it's like our children. When I start working with my baby and teaching my baby how to, I don't expect her, my baby to ride a bicycle right off the bat. Yeah, that's good. I expect my baby to learn how to crawl first. Right. And so we get saved and the Lord lets us crawl. Mm-hmm. He lets us just take this a little bit at a time. But at some point, there is a dying out to self and a real commitment to Christ. And I watched you walk through that progression. And in there were times that you went forward and then you went backward. Yeah. And in that backward, you know, a lot of times we <laughs> we see people go backward and we think, oh my God, this is the end of the story. No, not, sometimes it's the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it can be, you know, I think for me, I, I hate to say like it all happened for a reason because, you know, my, my timeline was, you know, I got saved in 2009. I served God for about five years and then some things happened in my life where my life fell apart. And because I wasn't, he wasn't the Lord of my life and I was still operating out of my own strength. When I went backwards, I went hard. And I think that, you know, God gives us free will, right? Right. And for me, you know, he had to take me down very, very far to humble me to the point of, I can't do it. Right. You know, he also brought, there was so much grace involved in my process that a lot of times I think it's so important to ask Holy Spirit, is, is Jesus Lord of my life? Because at that point from salvation, I thought I was living for Christ and he was the Lord of my life. Kind of like what you're talking about with the analogy of, you know, your grandbaby. If you don't know, there's more, you know, to walking, mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, intimacy with the Lord of asking Holy Spirit, am I, am I sold out to you? Cause I thought I was. And when I went backwards, you know, Holy Spirit gave me this revelation, this new perspective, literally like I had this moment where he let me like kind of see the world 
you know, my life from an, an out of body experience where I was like, oh my gosh, I have been living like so just, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but gross, you know, I, it was, a, it was fake. Mm-hmm. It was so fake. And I just promised him, you know, when I was in the depths of that backslide back, oh, so bad, you know, just save me from this. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Yeah. And being in a position where I truly didn't know if I could ever get out of when, when he did slowly bring me out of it, I just had to fulfill my end of that, that promise. And, yes. you know, he gave me this grace and his perception of what it looks like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you know? And, you know, um, one time I was in a situation, uh, Heather, that I was somewhere where I knew I wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this the longest day I live. I was somewhere where I knew I wasn't supposed to be with someone I knew I wasn't supposed to be with. And I was I committing sin? No, but I just wasn't supposed right. to be there, wasn't supposed to be right. with that person. And I knew it. And all of a sudden, the, you know, God is so, so merciful. All mm. of a sudden, the power of God hit me in such a powerful way, I could not even control the tears rolling down my side mm. of my face. And I realized that the love of God... Will, he will go to any depth yeah. to reach us. He yes. will he will go to any any spot. It's it's amazing what God will do to reach us, to save us, to to put us on the back on the right road. His mercies are amazing. We really can't even comprehend how much You're he right. loves us. We can't. You're right. Because if we, you know, we try. I mean, I get a glimpse of my of Jesus's love for me when I look at my kids. I think I get a glimpse. Mm-hmm. Because of how much I love them. I get a glimpse, you know, when I look at this church, the church family, and, and how much I love. But I, even, even with my best effort and your best effort, we can't understand how much Jesus really loves us. Mm-hmm. And he really wants to put us on the right road. He just wants us to just be, you know what happened with you? You got honest. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It, it wasn't that you were in a mess. If God hadn't have pulled you out, you'd have been still be in a mess. But you got honest with where you were. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the first step for any of us going forward into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ is to just get honest mm-hmm. and say, look, I, I know this isn't right. I know I'm a mess. I know that this area of my life is not looking the way it should look. Right. But I'm, I, I recognize it, I acknowledge it, and I'm asking you to have mercy on me and just fix it. And then you honored your promise. Right. So you had this conversation with the Lord. Um, how long did it take you to get out of it? <laughs> it took me a while. You know, the just being totally transparent, when I had that conversation with the Lord, I was sitting in a hospital in the medical center in the psych, the psychiatric ward being held against my will because um, my family was trying to have me involuntarily because I was, I was crazy. I mean, I was. I was losing my mind. And um, when I had that conversation, um, I literally remember my dad, they, they released me, and I remember telling my dad, listen, I know I've been crazy, but I'm telling you, like, God just showed me something, and I'm about to walk this out. And um, it was about two months of hell on earth, because here's the reality. There were also consequences that came as a result of behaviors and lifestyle that I was living. A lot of times people just, they make that decision to turn and, you know, start making Jesus the Lord of their life. But 
their consequences, aka the stuff they've, you know, tornadoed through with their life, it still follows right. for a little bit. Right. So people will You've get You've got lost. the wake of the sin following yes. you. Yeah. So it's not like God's punishing you or the devil's out to get me or all this stuff that I hear Christians kind of use as a crutch. But it's like, no, there are consequences of my behavior. And so that simple obedience that you talked about through that walking out of the consequences, you know, and just keeping my mind so focused on Jesus and doing, even when I didn't feel good, I didn't feel like he was going to turn my life around, but there was just no other alternative or no other option to go back. So I just did the things, you know, I came to, you know, things at church, celebrate recovery. I had struggled with drugs. I came every Monday night. I drove an hour. I didn't want to, but you did it. I did it. I had women yourself, you know, some of the other powerhouses in this church that were speaking into my life that I met with to mentor me, to help me get through, you know, my emotional crazy, lining me up with the truth, the word of God and what Jesus said about me until finally, you know, honestly, it was probably about four months in that I started to feel a little bit of the truth, if that makes sense. Yeah, you started to feel what God had promised you. Exactly. And you had kept your end. Let me say this too. Let me pause right here. For those that are listening, and you may you may be saying, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a drug addict. I, I, you know, I go to church and I, you know, I live a good life, but you're not, you may not be surrendered to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You may not have, you may not were making the crazy decisions that Heather made or maybe the crazy decisions that I've made in my past. Maybe, maybe you're a respectable citizen and you're doing everything by everybody else's standard right. But it does not mean that that the Lord is the Lord of your life. See, the, the when the Lord becomes the Lord of our lives, we are committed to him in every area of our life. That's good. And for every person, that picture looks different. Yeah. There may be someone listening today where the Lord is telling you, I want you to pray two hours a day, and you're praying 15 minutes a day. Or he may be saying, you know what? I really want you to go on a missions trip, and you may be saying, "But I don't want to. I don't want to go away. I don't want to. I don't want to leave town." Or you may be saying, "I want you to get your ch- kids in church every Sunday. I want you to be at Wednesday night prayer. I want you to. I want you to. Uh, I want you to go to work and not laugh at the dirty jokes." Good. You know, every one of us, every one of us, me included. We're on a journey following Christ and Jesus becoming the Lord of our life means transformation. And it may not, you, I may not be Heather, you know, maybe, may, you know, we could say, oh, well, Heather really needed Jesus, but I really need him right. too. Come on. I really need him too. And I may not have been at the place Heather was at, but if I am not committed wholeheartedly to Jesus being the Lord of my life, I'm walking, I'm not walking in the destiny that God's called me and I'm living under the promises that are mine and everything in the Bible, everything, every good gift is mine. But God just says, I want, he's not saying, Callie, I want you perfect. He's saying, Callie, I want you honest and committed. Yes, it's so good. He's not saying I want you perfect. None of us are perfect. We're all working through. We're all, I mean, I, I'm 56 years old. I started this at 16. So I've been walking with God 40 years, 40 years. I do not look like I did at 16, but hopefully in five years, I will be a much better version of Callie than I am today. 
That's good. So I want you to, you know, we're, we're listening to Heather's testimony and Heather, I, you know, I see, I've watched this with Heather. I've watched her walk it out. First of all, she's bright. She's beautiful. She's talented. She's a leader. She's, she's got such, um, so many amazing gifts, but I've watched her walk this out. If you didn't if you were to meet Heather now, you would not, if you didn't know her, you would have no clue mm-hmm. about her past. You would have no clue. That's how much Jesus has transformed her life. You would have no clue. But it does not matter whether you're Heather or whether you're Minerva or whether you're Callie. We all need Jesus mm-hmm. to transform us. And we all need that level of commitment because it doesn't matter if I'm not in a travesty in my life. I still need God in every area of my life. Well, you know, something that I, I heard here at a service that we had, and it was talking about categorizing sin. And I think so many times, you know, because people will look and I have a, my testimony is drastic. It's loud. But a lot of times people will look at what you just said. Like they may have, you know, a brother or a sister that wronged them justifiably. And so they've got some bitterness and some unforgiveness that they're holding, you know, that Jesus has probably said, you need to let go of that. Sure. But we're choosing not to, you know, that is the same thing in Jesus's eyes as me, you know, being addicted to heroin. It's the same thing. Actually, it's probably worse because it was, with, yeah, it's a choice. And here's the thing. If, if most of the time when people have addiction problems, you know, they know that it's affecting them and there, but we can, we can come to church and look, respectable and still have all this uck in our life. And like you said, unforgiveness, uh, not willing to say, I'm sorry. Not you know, always pointing the fingers at everybody else when you have problems or you have disagreements, it's always someone else's fault. You know, I'm in a place where I am, um, I don't, and I don't, you know, it's sad. I'm 56 and I'm, but I'm at the place where I just want to change me. Mm. I don't want to change. You know, I, I pray for my kids. I pray for the people at the church. I pray for my friends. I pray for the people that I love. But I'm not trying. I'm not trying to change nobody anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, it's not my desire to change anybody. My desire is for Jesus to help me change me. Amen. Because if I can change me and be the best version of me, if I can show more love, if I can show more forgiveness, if I can be. Uh, allow Jesus to have more areas of my life that he's totally in control. The, 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 the uh, effect of that life will bring so much fruit. You're so right. Talk to me about the effect that that decision had on your life. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I couldn't even begin to articulate it in all ways. And please hear my heart when I say this, because I am 100% clear that it is not me or about me. And it is 100% about Jesus in me. Right. But you know, what you said about people meeting me now and not knowing my passion, you know, God kind of did this really cool thing where he literally placed me in a new world, so to speak, so that I'm around a a new community of people and um, leaders and just people that don't know me. And they are very attracted to everything that I'm about, because I can honestly say I am sold out to Jesus and they've never seen again, hear my heart. I don't like to say this to sound arrogant, but I do. I live a radically obedient life because I have to. Right. I just know that. You know you can't make, you can't I, make it without I, it. I can't. And and I wouldn't. I promise. I mean, I just wouldn't. But, you know, it's trickled over into my children's life. You know, I'm watching my children who probably as the world would, would diagnose, those children should be so screwed up, so broken, so like unsure of who they are and, and whose they are in love and all sorts of crazy stuff. 
My kids are so incredible and so restored as a result of the way that I'm walking and the, the Jesus trickle down effect. People, you know, okay, so I've been divorced, you know, I've struggled with addiction, I've everything. People who, just like you said, look like they have it all together are coming to me and getting honest about struggles they have in their life and asking me to pray for them. Not because I, you know, go around advertising that I was this screwed up person, but because I go around advertising for Jesus. Yeah. You know, I see redemption. on Yeah. So, I mean, it's been, it's been incredible. You know, I got, um, I've been asked to come and speak into kids' lives at a Christian school and, you know, I'm covered in tattoos. I don't really look the part and it's a religious school. Right. So, which is amazing that in itself, you know, I mean, it's just, it's contagious when it's who you truly are and what you're truly submitted to. People want that. They're well, longing for that. It's it's not only contagious, it's authentic. It's authentic. It's authentic. It, Jesus has transformed your life. He totally has. And you give him the glory and you're walking it out. And that's the difference. See, I, I think I think we're living in a generation. I'm talking church, church kingdom here. Right. Where... You know, millions and thousands, especially in, especially in America, where people are coming to the altar and they're getting saved, and and they're giving their heart to Jesus, and that conception mm-hmm. of Jesus takes place in their heart. You know, where they their spirit man is, you know, is is saved. But here's the deal: it has to go past a conception. It has to it has to blossom into full bone. Full blown reborn. Yeah. And the only way for us to be reborn and to be a new creature in Christ is to make a decision to for Jesus to literally become the Lord of my life. And I think we've got lots of people that are calling themselves Christians and believe, but they've but Jesus is not affecting how they how they treat people, how they live their lives, what they do behind closed doors. Um, their their ability to forgive. See, the Christian life should affect our life in the right. natural. That's right. It should not only be a spiritual experience, but it should affect how we treat mankind. We're going to take a, a break here. We're going to have a song, and then we're going to come back and talk more about what redemption really does and how to walk out this thing called, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life.
Today I have the beautiful Miss Heather Hitchcock, and we're talking about uh, Jesus becoming the Lord of your life. I want to take a moment, and before we get into this discussion again, and I just want to pray for everyone that's listening. Lord, I just I ask you to touch the the radio listening audience today, and I ask you, Lord, to just let them feel your presence, let them hear your voice, let them hear the call of you, Father, calling them higher, calling them to a deeper place of commitment, calling them to total obedience. God, um, take all desires in our hearts for anything that's not godly. Take it out of our lives. I thank you, Lord, for, for that, that you're raising up a church in America that is that lives for God privately like we live for God in, in public, that it that our private life mirrors our public persona. And I ask you, God, to forgive me of the times that I haven't privately lived the way I should. Maybe I harbored something in my heart or allowed bitterness or, or made a wrong decision. I ask you, God, to forgive me and forgive everyone listening, Father, for the times that we have not represented you authentically. I thank you for an authentic church. I thank you for a church that's sold out. I thank you for men and women that you are the Lord of our lives, that you are directing every portion of our life. I ask you, God, to direct us on a higher level, to direct, to speak to us about little things that we do that will cause us to be separated from you, Lord. I just thank you that your mercies are new every morning. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your love. I thank you, God, that you're raising up men and women across America that are walking with a banner of holiness, a banner of commitment. Lord, that, that you are truly the Lord of our lives, that we are truly committed to you in every area, that we're laying aside every weight that might so easily beset us, God, that we're not allowing the enemy to sidetrack us or to, to trick us into any kind of compromise. I ask you to forgive me and forgive your church of all compromise, all compromise, even the slightest compromise, even the slightest little uh, innuendo or not complete truth or just anything, God, that separates us from totally being authentic. And I, I just believe you're raising up an authentic church. I believe that, that, that the harvest is coming in and they're coming into a healthy church that can truly take us uh, to the next level. I heard someone say, Heather, I heard, I was talking to Jenny the other day and we were talking about the harvest and she had been in a meeting in Dallas. I don't know if you were in that meeting in yes. Dallas. And she had been in a meeting, and I think she had been in a private meeting with a Don Potter. And he told her, he said that the Lord is literally holding the harvest back until the church is ready to receive them, that God yeah. is getting the church ready. We cannot, you know, it's very hard. They'll teach you that, you you know, if I'm going to go help somebody that's bleeding and hurting, I've got to be healthy myself. Amen. You know, if you're in an airplane and the air goes off, they say, sustain your own air before you take care of your kid. There's a principle there. The church has got to be healthy. The church has got to be revived. The church has got to be whole. The church has got 
got to be authentic. I believe God is about to release the harvest on a level like we've never seen before here in America, but he's calling the church to a place of intimacy, to a place of, uh, of authenticity, yeah. to a place of allowing Holy Spirit to clean us up so that we can help those that come in that are hurting and broken and really need our guidance. We cannot help those if we're bleeding ourselves. So I am just really open to myself up in my prayer to Lord, if there's anything, if there's any wicked way in me, yeah. If there's any wicked way in me and you, you know, we don't, we don't always see ourselves clearly. Right. You know, it's, it's really funny. You can see everybody else, what they need to do to fix their lives. <laughs> but a lot of times with your own, you're like, oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm really good. Yeah. Okay. And then the Holy Spirit will go, no, no, you're not so good. Right. Uh, Kelly, no, you're not. No, 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 Jesus. I'm good. I'm really good. No, Kelly, you're really not that good. We've got this one area. So I really believe if we begin to ask Holy Spirit, yes. show me. Yes. Where I'm not good. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so true. You know, that's one of the biggest things I always talk about when um, talking about kind of what happened for me between asking Holy Spirit to show me and asking some women. And, and obviously, like, you don't know everything that goes on in my heart. No. But, I mean, when you put yourself around people and you're accountable at your church and, you know, you're you're there, right. people watch you and they can observe. And so I just believe there's so much power. You know, sometimes we get into the habit of just going through the motions. But Holy Spirit will show us. Yes, he will. You know, I just had a conversation out in the sanctuary about some things that I'm just questioning. I was like, oh, well, have you asked Have you asked Holy Spirit to show you? Well, no. You know, so you have to ask. Right. And I think having some people, too, to help you just with divine wisdom, mentorship, right. it's important. If you truly want to live for Jesus and make him the, the Lord of your life, you have to ask people because there's things that you don't see, simple things that you don't see. And if you truly are ready to go to the next level, you're not going to have offense. You're not going to be insecure about it. You're going to be open-minded because you're mm-hmm. going to receive whatever sure. is going to take you to that next level. Sure. And it's important. It is important. It's what God is requiring of all of us top down. Top down. I don't care if you've lived for God 40 years or if you just got saved. Right. Top down. The revival that is coming to America, that's coming to the church, that's already started, is going to require consecration. Yeah. Every, if you go back and look in history, Heather, every major intervention of God were revival. And I'm not talking about revival in the sense of meetings on a, on a, you know, uh, meetings right. and where people come and preach. I'm talking about, re- this is, this is revival where whole cities are changed, yeah. where everybody, everybody's getting saved and truly getting saved, where beer joints are closing down, where drug ga- uh, gangs are being disassembled and everybody in the, in the gangs getting saved and winning people to Christ. I'm talking systemic revival where it changes the culture of a city, of a state, and a nation. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And when you go and you read history, which I love history, actually. I've always loved history. But when you go read history as it relates to revival, you'll find that every major revival where it changed uh, our nation or changed uh, a society, it started with intimacy, Mm. intimacy, prayer, and being just really authentic with God and and consecration, holiness. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking holiness on a... I actually, I want to take the word legalistic and just throw it out. Yeah, our, our I'm con- with you. I, we, we just need to throw that. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about me trying to fit somebody into my holiness module. Right. I'm talking about 
me obeying Holy Ghost right. and him, me laying down everything I need to lay down to be what God's called me to be. That's right. And it's not about me trying to fit somebody else into what I think they should do, but it's me doing what God says I should do Amen. and me not judging anybody else and not, not even, tr- not even th- judging anybody in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Not even judging them in my mind. That's right. Now that that's a whole nother level of yeah, holiness. Totally. When you make a decision, you know what? I'm not judging them in my mind. I, I who am I? Right. I'm not God. I need to, the only person I am that God has given me permission to to assess and look at is myself. Self. You're exactly right. That's the only person. And so if I work on that, that is a full time job, Heather. <laughs> that is a full time job. Now. <laughs> Here's what I've learned that when someone comes to me uh, and asks me for help mm-hmm. or asks me for a ass- assessment, that's different. Mm-hmm. I because when they truly want it sure. and they want the help, I'm going to give it to them. But I'm not just going to assign myself to fix everybody. So true. And you know when you're a fixer by nature, you, you know, want to tell people you want to tell people what they need are, to do, are, and you want to save them from pain. A lot of times, it's from good motives. And your heart's your heart is in the right place. Yes. I get it. But you know, even with my own kids, yeah, they'll call me now and they'll tell me what's going on. And my personality in the, the old Callie, and I'm working through this would be, okay, you need to do that. Right. And, and then, but now I'm doing it this way. I'm like, you know, I've got some suggestions, but why don't we just pray about it? And, you know, I, I think, you know what you need to do. You're a smart girl or you're a smart guy. And you know, as much about, Jesus and the Bible and living for, but my mom's going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Mom's just going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray. And you know what? That just frees up. It frees up my ability to minister to them. It frees up our relationship to stay at a nice, pure place. And I just, I think that's where Jesus, when, you, when we love people unconditionally right. and we just work on fixing ourselves, and make and allow the Holy Ghost to fix us. We can't even fix ourselves. Right. Holy Ghost has to fix us. But we we make that our focus is just I'm going to be the best person I can be. Yeah. Then what happens is the residual effect is everybody around you begins to you start seeing change all around you. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because Holy Spirit's really been speaking to me about keeping my mouth shut. Now, yeah, it's different. Like what you said, if someone comes to me and asks for my opinion, right. you know, I'm going to seek the Lord. But you know, I, like I have some friends in my life that. Um, they serve the Lord and they may be walking through some stuff that I have an opinion about, you know, cause I do, I'm a, I'm an opinionated woman, but, um, it's, it's no different than, you know, you use the food analogies all the time and I always hear you joke about Twinkies. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, a Twinkie isn't good for you, right, but when right. that time comes, you might go for the Twinkie, right. you know, nothing, nobody could have said anything to me. I knew what I was doing was wrong, wrong, but it wasn't, it wasn't the time. So, you know, when we just walk and, and demonstrate that love and tolerance, you know, which happens when Jesus is the Lord of your life, Holy Spirit's going to convict hearts. Holy, Holy Spirit's going to do the work. It's what he does, you know? And then, like you said, the relationship is protected. They're not going to have any more offense from me inserting Heather's opinion, whether yeah. it be from the Lord or not. Most of the time they know. Yeah, they know. You know, and, and people have to, and then God gets the glory because then say someone's walking through something that they may not be ready to receive from you, but they get it from the Lord and they decide to start, you know, doing whatever, whether it's something huge or not huge. Um, God gets the glory. Yeah. Not pastor Callie really mentored me and told me 
No, God, Just in his glory. perfect faithfulness, full of grace, said, you got to quit doing that. You got to mm-hmm. quit looking at that. You got to quit saying that. You got to quit hearing that, speaking that, whatever. And then he gets the glory. Yep. And it, and the relationship stays intact. Totally. And um, because bottom line is we don't want, even, even with mentoring Christians, there's a time to mentor somebody and someone needs mentoring. But it, even in mentoring, there has to be a pass off to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. In other words, in everybody that I've ever mentored, at some point, they quit coming to me That's and really I taught good. them to start going to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, what if I moved to Yugoslavia to start a church? <laughs> so if you're coming to me every five right. minutes, you know, we're going to have a hard time talking through FaceTime at Luke in Yugoslavia. So people have to so connect good. with Holy Spirit and learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's good. And um, that's, you know, allowing Jesus to become the Lord, making a decision, making a decision because Jesus wants to, yeah. to become, to make Jesus the Lord of your life is, is really where the rubber meets the road. It's really where we become, really become true followers of Christ. Mm. And it's really where we, it's in that decision that we can step into our destiny. We will never step into our God given destiny the way Holy Spirit has designed without making Jesus the Lord of my life. That's right. Now that's a fact. That's right. We may have, our life may be better than what it was before. We may have elements of good things happening. We may have elements of freedom. We may even have elements of destiny. But we'll never truly step into the fullness of my destiny without Jesus being the Lord of my life. Now that's a fact. Totally. That's a fact. Totally. And what I'm thinking is when you asked me the original question of what was the difference between when you originally saved, that's exactly it. There were elements of freedom. There were elements of blessing, mm-hmm. but versus today where he is the Lord of my life, the things that are happening that are only happening because he's the Lord of my life, it's night and day. Yeah. And God forbid I wouldn't have that. I, I can't even imagine. I And I want to encourage people. Sometimes you don't know what that looks like. You know, I think that that's a given assumption. What does Jesus being the Lord of my life look like? Find someone that walks and has fruit that you desire and ask them, seek out the pastor. I don't know what you would suggest in that, but I think a lot of times people have their, you know, conceptions of what that looks like. And most of the time they're not true representations of, of what it does look mm-hmm. like. And so I always like to give that kind of permission so that you don't feel insecure. Cause you know, sometimes people don't want to ask because they are quote unquote Christians and they've been quote unquote walking the walk but they may not be. And so really putting that wall of vulnerability down and saying, what does it look like? I think I am, but what does it look like to have Jesus be the Lord of my life? What does that mean on a daily basis? That's what people need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And part of that is, you know, identifying in your life, what is, how I figured out what was not lorded, (laughs) you know, what Jesus wasn't lording. Right. What, is by looking at what's not fruitful. Yeah, that's good. So it's it's simple. You know, you may have Jesus. I wish you know we 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 are we are a complex being. So Jesus may totally be Lord in a certain area of your life, but not be Lord in one area or two areas. Mm-hmm. And so I think once you identify those areas, okay, where where is where in my life is it not fruitful? 
Well, if it's not fruitful in this area, then let, first of all, let me go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God is the true picture of what God wants my life to look like. Right. And then who is modeling that? That's good. Who's modeling that area? Who has victory in that area? That's good. And then you go get them as a mentor with the obedience of the Holy Spirit. And before you know it, it's like with, it's like with weightlifting. I mean, or with exercise, you modeled somebody, <laughs> you, you found somebody to follow, right? You just didn't turn into this muscle beast overnight. <laughs> you modeled somebody. Well, that works in every area of yeah. our life. We have to find, okay, this is an area that's not. And here's the thing. Part of it is not being prideful. Yeah. And saying, okay, you know what? I got all these areas. I've totally committed to Christ and he has brought victory, but this area is really rotten and not working. So Jesus, first of all, I want you to, I want you to speak truth into, into my life in this area. I want you to speak truth because I've been believing a lie. And then second of all, I want you to send somebody and help me model this out. Help me walk this out so that I can have freedom in this area. And, um, there is not one prayer I've ever prayed that Jesus ever said, no, nope, not going to do that. Anything I've ever asked Holy Spirit to, to do, he's Johnny on the spot with sending us help. I You're mean, he's, he's, right. he's the great teacher. So I'm just excited about Jesus being the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. I've made a new commitment to the Lord uh, that I've asked the Lord, Lord, I want you to Lord every area of my life, even the areas that I know are broken that are areas of hurt. Right. I want you to lord over this. I sub- literally this last week I said, "Lord, I submit this to you. This is such a painful area in my life, but I submit it to you and I'm asking you to lord over it." And even at, just as an act of my will, Heather, by doing that, the grace that came in on me mm-hmm. in my prayer time was unbelievable. The grace, the grace that I felt God extend to me. So I'm excited. Lord, I just want to, I thank you for all these radio listeners. I just pray the blessing of the Lord. I just declare that everyone listening today is going to allow you, Lord, to become the Lord of their life. They're going to surrender every area. I pray blessing over them. I pray mercy. I pray love. I pray guidance. I pray strength. I pray that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, that you would love them, that they would feel your presence in Jesus' name. We just declare the blessing of the Lord. I thank you for Heather, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in her life. I thank you, God, that you've raised her up and is is an example of what you can do with a young woman that says, you are the Lord of my life. And Jesus, we reaffirm today, you are the Lord of our lives. You are the Lord of mine and Heather's life. You are the Lord of everyone that's listening today. You are our Lord. And I just thank you for the healing, the deliverance, the freedom, the joy, the peace, uh, the wisdom, God, that's flowing in our lives. I just declare, God, that we're going to be so sold out and totally sold out to your will and your way in Jesus' name. name. We just declare the blessing of the Lord. I want to encourage you to be on our Warrior Watch prayer call, which will be... um, 
the first Monday of every month. Uh, we do that. You can go to warrior-chicks.com. Uh, we are literally training people on how to pray prophetically and how to pray in the Holy Ghost. So if you want to join that prayer call, warrior-chicks.com, we'd love to have you be a part of that. I'd also like to encourage you to go find Her Voice Movement. We're, uh, there is thousands of women that are going to converge in Portland uh, December the 7th. And the eighth, it's going to be a powerful time of prayer. We want to encourage you to be a part of that. God is doing something special in America among his handmaidens. We love you. We bless you in the name of Jesus and have a wonderful day. Amen.
For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.